Today on the podcast, we have Ben Campbell, a diesel mechanic for Beehive Rental and Sales and father to two children. Hey everybody, welcome back to Not My Best Work. Me and Jacob are here in the studio today with Ben Campbell. Hi, Ben. Hi, Ronnie. <laughs> this is Ben's first time on a podcast, much like all of our other guests, which is fun. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to uh, have people tread not even new ground, like space. It's like entirely untouched for them. Yeah, so we're going to talk to talk to Ben about his life. Ben, when he was a baby, was born with craniosynostosis. Which is what? Oh, it's mid-sagittal craniosynostosis, which means I was born without a soft spot. What did that mean for you as a kid? I feel really bad for my mom, honestly, because the soft spot is made to help with labor and birth and to help the brain grow. And so my soft spot was fused. And so my brain couldn't grow. And so at 11 months, they had surgery on my head. And they cut my cranium cap off and cut it into four pieces. And the doctor described it as when they took my cranium cap off, that my brain took a breath because it was just so crammed in my head because there's no room to grow. Um, and so then they cut it into four pieces, stapled me all back together. And now I just have like a, I don't know, kind of dense in my head. It's fine. I can't tell. Yeah, you can't really tell unless he was bald. Uh, and I have a and he has cool scars. Uh, yes, cool scar, and that goes from ear to ear. It's a zigzag, and so when I cut my hair short, you can kind of see it. So is that is craniosynostosis a pretty common thing to have? I don't think so. Because I've never met anybody besides you. I think you it's like it. one in a hundred k or something. Oh wow, it's like pretty rare. I feel like I have something weird that's like rare. Definitely. Yeah, you have Definitely. red hair. Yeah, no, like I feel like I have like a health thing that I just forgot that I had. That's like rare. Like what? I don't know. I got like a weird like scar looking thing on my belly. You probably fell down when you were a kid. Yeah, it's it's weird because I got like a patch of hair that grows on it. Nowhere else, just on like a little tuft of hair that grows on it. <laughs> I swear it's I have a mole. I'm pretty sure this. No, it's it's not a mole. It's like a... it's called a navel. <laughs> Wait, you guys both have belly buttons. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you and Caleb, Ben's Caleb's brother, for those who don't Episode know. one, by the way. Yeah, Caleb's great. But, yeah, you and Caleb are super interesting. He's got aphantasia. You got... Semi-aphantasia, I think. What makes you think that? Because uh, I lie uh, when I think about different things that you talk about, like this table analogy. Uh-huh. I, I lied about everything when you ask me <laughs> the questions about it, like... What color is the ball? I was like, I don't know, silver. <laughs> so you have, so you had to make it up the way the cable does. Yeah, That's... made me feel a little bad about it. I did lie to you. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, wouldn't um, my feelings are not hurt. Wouldn't... <laughs> That's very different than actual lying. It's just like, <laughs> so when somebody has craniosynostosis, is it pretty common that they turn out normal like you, or do like does it cause serious long term? effects do the surgeries go wrong often do you know much about that stuff um from what i've noticed is i i had the best surgeon in 
the nation at the time, Doug Brockmeyer, and he did a really good job. And he told my mom, actually, that he was going to treat me as if it was his own kid. And uh, that, like, assured my mom that everything was going to be okay. And luckily, my dad was working at the hospital at the time. And so he had really good insurance through the hospital. And so it was like a $100,000 surgery. And they only had to pay like a thousand bucks. Holy That's crap. That's so nice. So was he a resident surgeon? Or uh, I guess he wasn't in his residency, but was he a surgeon at the Intermountain here in uh, St. George? Primary children up, in, up north. Oh, okay. In Salt Lake. Yeah, so did that, like, really affect you at all after your um, surgery when you were 11 months old? Um, my mom... put the plates and stuff in? Did you have to go uh, get them adjusted or anything? How does that work? Uh, I don't think so. I, yeah, I was only a baby, and so I don't really know all that much. I know my mom hesitated to take pictures at first, because um, I looked like a monster baby is what she described it. And... So she took pictures, and then back in the day, you had to get those developed, and they got lost in the mail. And so I have no idea what I looked like. And oh, when you were a baby baby? Baby baby, yeah. 11 really? Months. So just learning how to walk and everything. And I still have, like, a scar on the side of my face, too, from the respirator that they put over my face. And my face swelled up so big that it tore my cheek, if that makes sense. So I like rip rip my cheek open, oh. and so sometimes in certain lighting you can kind of see the faint scar. Yeah, I did not did not know that. Did you have to wear a helmet? Like yeah, post surgery and stuff. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like... Yeah, and Ivy quit sucking her thumb. My sister, she quit sucking her thumb, and I still have a a rhino from like a gift that like the ward or church gave to me. Why did why did she quit sucking her thumb? Was it like, uh, or baby Ben's gonna die if you don't stop sucking your thumb? Oh my gosh! That <laughs> why? That, oh, I was like, that is. I mean, I guess it worked. You gotta yeah. you gotta sacrifice for the family, I guess. I mean, well, was that like the idea there? I I don't I don't know. Like, that is that answer, so. Funny. I re- I remember something about that though. So. Yeah. Oh. So and then so that really only affected you when you were a baby. It sounds like so then. Yeah, and every time I'd get a haircut, like, people would ask about it, and then I'd, I don't know, think about it. And there's other people I know, like, there's a teacher at my high school, and his, my scar is zigzag cut, and so it, like, uh, covers up the scar when I have my hair longer. And the two people that I've met that have had it, they have straight cuts, and so you can see their scar 100% of the time. Interesting. Yeah, because I didn't even, like... This car was news to me. Like, when we first met, I probably worked with you for, like, over a year before. I was, like, it was shown to me. I didn't even notice it. But that might have something to do with my yeah. So Yeah, definitely my neurosurgeon knew what he was doing. Like, hey, zigzag it so it covers up perfect. It did tour on the right side, and so it's a straight cut on the right side. Mm-hmm. Interesting. When were you ever like self conscious about it growing up? I mean, maybe a little bit, but I don't know. There's times where I like I used to blame that on I don't know, comparing myself to my brothers. Like Andrew's really good at construction and Caleb's really good at school and stuff like that. And I don't know, I always compared myself to them and learning different than they did. 
Yeah. All right. You seem like you're super bright. Like, I look up to you. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, we all have older brothers here. So I think that that just kind of comes with the territory where you compare yourself to your older brothers and think that they're a lot cooler or better than you until you grow up and then realize that everybody's good at their own stuff. Like, Andrew's good at construction and Caleb's good at being an engineer, but you're really good at being a mechanic that neither of those two are really good at that. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody like, has their own strong suits. Yeah. You're like, I would say really good at like problem solving, like being like acting yard manager behind acting, I, <laughs> you know, but yeah, like, you know, we don't say, Hey Ben for nothing. It's Cause you're like the guy who knows the answer to everything. Yeah. Uh, I had a issue with that this, uh, today, actually, I, took a service phone call and I knew exactly what the problem was. The guy pushed the propane button to start her scissor lift that runs on gasoline. And he didn't want to listen to me. And he said, no, the light is not on and it won't start. I show up, the light's on, crank it over. It starts in two seconds and turn around and leave. (laughs) So you knew just from the phone call of him talking about it, exactly what the problem was. Yeah, and anywhere, I, I don't know so. if this is going to help me anywhere else in life, but Beehive, like, <laughs> you know, all, the all this, and outs. all this uh, useless information for my job. Well, super beneficial for it's, your job. Yeah, it's, I think it's good information, especially if you like move on to like somewhere, something else within the construction field, because that'll make you super valuable on like, be able to solve problems. Yeah, like field. a construction group, Just especially with your mechanical niche knowledge. stuff, I guess. Yeah, it, it does feel niche though. So, how long have you worked at Beehive for? Uh, the summer is eight years, so eight and a half years. And so, you were what, junior in high school, or did you start after you were done with high school? I worked like a summer, my senior, junior year, um, like just a quit playing video games, go to work. Um, I did a little bit of underground construction right out of high school. Um, my junior year, uh, beginning of senior year, I took like a EMT basic class. I thought I wanted to be an EMT. Because that's what your dad did, right? Yeah, EMT firefighter combo. Um, and I don't know, my grandpa was a fire volunteer firefighter for like 50 years and so I just wanted to kind of like keep it in the family. Um, but I failed my practical test on my EMT. Um, I didn't put the sharps container in the, or sharp epi pin in the sharps container. And so that's an automatic fail because it's a needle, I guess. And I didn't have time or the wheels to get to Salt Lake to retake the test. And so I kind of just abandoned that. Interesting. Was that something that you were actually super into, or was it just <clears throat> something you wanted to do to be like your dad? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of thought I wanted to do it, but I don't know. It's just not for me. Yeah. Guess, but I feel like everyone gets something like that because you're how old were you at the time? Seventeen. Yeah, it's like that was my thing with welding. Like when I started welding, like I was like, oh, I'll, I'm gonna run this forever, and then, and then I started getting hurt. Like sore, yeah, and then kind of save myself from that. But yeah, I feel like people kind of like latch on to like their first, like 
job kind yeah. of deal. Yeah. yeah, and then so then you started working at Beehive, which is a rental yard for heavy equipment, and you've been there for eight years now, and you went to diesel tech school so you could be a mechanic for them. And so now you're mechanic slash yard manager, which is pretty cool. Slash everyday guy. So yeah. yeah so of. when you when you started working at Beehive, were you planning on working there long term or was it? Um, honestly, that's probably why I'm on this podcast. Is uh, I don't know what to say. Um. I don't know. I I really struggled with school. Like I hate school. And I tried school like right out of high school and dropped out my first semester. Going to college at Dixie. Yeah. And I didn't even know what I was going into. Like I just went to school to go to school because uh, that's what you do, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and so then I I don't know, kind of got complacent with Beehive and started learning more and more ins and outs of Beehive and yeah just kind of stuck with it and i guess yeah eight years was you you do pick up a lot yeah for sure yeah that's one of those jobs that you don't get like super competent overnight like i know most jobs like every job you're not gonna be like competent super fast but beehive is like there's There's so much yeah there's a lot to know about a lot of stuff like the only way you can get that is with time and error and stuff right so you went to college right out of high school just because that's what everybody else was doing or right and i I didn't know what i wanted to be i didn't know what i wanted to do i feel like that that's something that a lot of people do because it's kind of force-fed to you from the time you're in kindergarten is you got to go to college if you want to accomplish anything which is so not the case yeah you'd be wildly successful and not go to college it's just depends on what you want to go into yeah but i think that not knowing what you want to go into and then going to college and potentially getting yourself in a bunch of debt for not knowing what you're going to do can really turn people completely off of pursuing anything that involves school. Yeah. Especially when like you can learn a trade and there's so much meaning. And, and that's kind of why I went to a tech school. Like my wife was really wanting to know what I wanted to do with my wife. And so I just said, diesel mechanic and so then yeah she kind of pushed me into wanting to do that and got me signed up and really super supportive through the whole thing and when you let's see what was i gonna say so you decided that you wanted to be a diesel mechanic and how did the schooling for that go for you if you didn't do very well in school in high school or uh regular college how was the Uh, tech school well, I always did really good in, like, the shop classes, welding classes, just because it's, like, hand-on learning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so they, they do, like, an hour of book work, like, learning the theory and stuff of mechanics, and then two-hour shop. So it made it, like, super nice to just go in the shop, tear something apart, and learn about it that way. Yeah, just real heavy on the practical application of it because that's what you deal with in your everyday life as a mechanic. Would they do like like a hands-on testing sort of deal where they're like fix uh, this fix this engine? Uh they did. They they 
for the air brakes, especially on semis and stuff, there was a, a practical for that where there was like a brake board and you had to label all the parts and stuff and they would disable some part of the system and then you'd have to figure out what that part was and put it back together. Nice. Yeah, like because there's I, always symptoms of something, and so then you'd have to figure out what the symptom was. Yeah, so you just kind of followed up the the trail. And you did really well in tech school, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely top of my class. Um, just on the like the testing and stuff, because I don't know. Um, just it was. Yeah, pretty easy because they took questions straight from the chapter, and so you just have to read the chapter and you know. just have to do your work and then be able to pass the practical stuff. And... Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. If if I hadn't chosen dentistry, like I hadn't like set my heart on dentistry as a career, I definitely would have done something in the uh, trades for sure. Well, you already you said started doing that with welding. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna say earlier, and... I. Took a, I took a class at a college in Texas. It was like a MIG welding class. I'm certified for MIG welding and then everything else. I just kind of learned on the job. But, yeah, I remember we did hardly any book work for that class. And then it was yeah. all, all of it was in the shop. Yeah, and they, they did have like a 50-hour course for welding in the diesel tech because you're, you're going to have to fabricate and you're going to have to weld. Yeah, it was like frames and stuff together yeah well that and like bolt extraction like if you're gonna learn how to take bolts apart you better know how to get them out when you break them right and uh someone told me like if you learn a trade then you'll never starve and so if something happens and you lose your dental practice to some stupid government oversight or whatever then you can always support for your family some yeah. other way. Yeah, it it would that would take a lot of adjusting <laughs> and getting like throwing the scrubs out and getting <laughs> dirty by and long sleeves. Yeah. I remember like one of the first days of class I had like you know those big welding gloves? The gauntlets, yeah. Yeah, so I thought I thought those were like they're like heat proof, so you can weld in them. Yeah, no, they're heat resistant. They're not heat proof. And I welded something and like picked it up with oh, my hand. Gosh. And I was like showing it to the instructor. And he was, I don't even think I got to the instructor. I picked it up and there's like a delay. And then all of it hit me at the same time. I was like, oh! And then oh, it, it stays in you. Yeah, it, it's it, there like, for a while. It insulates it and it cooks your hand. Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's my, not my best work for going to a trade school. <laughs> yeah. So now. You're done with trade school, kind of moving up the what exists of a corporate ladder at the Beehive Rentals. So do you plan to possibly run the company one day? I I still need to have that conversation and see what their plans are with me. Um, but yeah, um, something along those lines. I, I don't know. Is that something that you would want to do? Is take the place over? Uh. Yes, um, but it'd have to be a certain way. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, you definitely know the most about it more than anybody else. I think that you're pretty, pretty fit to do it. Yeah, more, more than a lot of people combined. Yeah, and that's, that's where I struggle. I'm like, is this 
worth something. Yeah. Like, I have, I don't know. It's like song lyrics, you know? You just keep them in your mind and they don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I know what you're talking about. I like that. Like. If I could use my brain for something else besides this. Then besides <laughs> beehives, then that would be great. Yeah. So, if, say, things don't pan out the way that you want them to, there. Would you be interested in like starting your own diesel shop? Would you want to go work for a diesel shop or a I, heavy equipment company? Or honestly, I don't mind working for the man. Like on like honestly, some people can only work for themselves, and I don't mind the clock in clock out part of it. And I don't know if that's just because I've never, I don't know, learned about being a boss or. I don't know, taking something over or running something. Yeah. Well, some of that's nice. Like, you just, you have your set tasks and then... Right, and you don't need to figure anything out. Or if you don't do your job, then your family starts. Yeah, like, there's a saying... I, correct me if I get this wrong. But it's like, some people work 80 hours a week, so they don't have to work 40 hours a week. And, like, some people yeah. just don't have like sometimes it's nice like when i was working in the factory setting like it was so nice to just be like i'm here monday through thursday this set schedule this set exactly time what i'm doing yeah and then when i go home i don't have to worry about like client phone calls like i yeah, every now put out any fires at work when you're not there yeah like it's you're, it's none of my business after i'm done right like it's nice work stays at work yeah, yeah, that that is a nice. I aspect think there's of it. a lot of people that are like that, and there's, for some reason, sometimes people feel like there's some kind of a stigma involved with being an employee or you know manufacturing or whatever it is where you clock in and clock out. But they're like those people are important as well. Like right. if you, Definitely. you have to have people that own companies, and you have to have people that work for companies for not to not everybody out. can be an entrepreneur. Right? Yeah, right, and that's my. I, I wish that I was comfortable with that, but I like right. in my whole life I've like tried to be like, yeah, I just show up and do my job and go home and spend time with kids or whatever and not have to worry about work at all. But as I've gotten older, it's just been like, I don't like working for people. <laughs> like it's fine. I, I can do it and I can be good at working for somebody, but I don't enjoy it. I don't get a whole lot of satisfaction when I'm not. I don't know, trying to solve a problem or progress yeah. something in some way. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of variables. Did, yeah. did you take like the color test or whatever? I, I take it you're probably a red. Yeah. Yeah, I'm an unhealthy red is what they called it. Just, <laughs> what does that mean? It just means that I'm like so indecisive that I can't, like it's bad. Oh, <laughs> I, I have a really like weird indecision thing where like if I, I can get super comfortable, like I really like routine. But I despise stagnation, and like those two hang out, like oh, wow. yeah. So like one of the reasons I moved and like pulled the trigger on going to school, and we talked about this in previous podcasts, is like yeah. I just kind of not stuck, but like I just felt like I was in this like super thick rut, and I was like, this is just what I'm gonna do. And I had like this is like not doing the same more, just big cathartic break, pulled right. the trigger, and then moved here, and now I'm doing this. Yeah, I took a different personality test where it's um, like I'm the entertainer. I like joking around. I like having fun. 
um, which comes off as like the yellow, and so like happy-go-lucky, and so it's like a mix between yellow and red, which <laughs> I don't know doesn't really always work. So the indecision that you're talking about with the personality test is that. Do you feel like that that's caused any issues in your life at all? Not being able to make decisions or being indecisive, or is it just like, I don't know if I want Burger King or McDonald's for lunch? No, like I have no problem with food, right? But like, <laughs> uh, but uh, it's like, I don't know. I think everybody wants to do something with their life, but I don't know. It, it sounds really nice to not work either. <laughs> right. I don't know. Well, that's what a lot of people work their whole lives to get to retirement to where they don't have to work. Like, and then they just spend every day looking forward to when they're 65 and can have their automatic Corvette and golf clubs and just hang out at the country club for the yeah. rest of their days. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't like the looking forward to the end of it deal. I think the best way to run it is, like, enjoy it while you're on the ride. Cause that's like you know like a super sketchy roller coaster, and be like, the minute you're strapping, you're like ah, I can't wait till this is over. Yeah. Whereas you miss out on the whole yeah. experience. Yeah. So, but that's not what you mean, right? You just mean working sucks. It It'd does, be nice it, to spend your time in another way. Yeah, definitely. And I th I think that's one of my regrets. I guess is not living while. I was young. I got married at 19, built a house at 20, had my first kid at 21, 22. You had um, your own house before you could go and buy a beer. That's so cool. Which is way impressive. Nobody does that. Yeah. And and so, like, all this responsibility, like, just came all at once. Like, middle of building our house, Michaela said, hey, I'm pregnant. Had chicken noodle soup that day. It was a really rainy day, and I threw up everywhere. Just from the stress or anxiety uh, I, of it? Or? I, I think it was stressing and anxiety, but I don't know. It might have just been bad. Chicken noodle soup? Chicken noodle soup. <laughs> but I remember it was like a really shitty day. Like really, really rainy, cloudy, stormy, cold. That's like the perfect setting to get hit with like <laughs> something way out of left. And field. she she was not nice about it. She texted me and was like, Hey, we need to talk. <laughs> so oh, yes. like, you're just like, what did I do? What did I mess up? What did I do? <laughs> what did I forget? <laughs> the whole time you're like, well, I'm dead. I'm bye. And so bye, maybe everyone. like that anxiety, like, oh, thank goodness you're pregnant. <laughs> it's just a huge. It was a relief puke. Oh. Just happy to have Lincoln on the way. Yeah, and and I claim that I built my house at twenty, but honestly, my dad, like, handled that really well for me. Took care of that. Um, we were looking at houses within our budget, and they're like 10, 15 years old. They needed a lot of work. And my dad, every time, would be like, hell, I could build you a house for cheaper than that. And so we just took him up on that, and I piggybacked off his contractor license and got a lot of sweat equity in and was able to just make it work. Yeah. Learn, learn a ton from building my own house and stuff. Yeah, no, nobody can hardly say that anymore. I wish it was still the case where I could get a house built for cheaper than I could buy one. Yeah. The market's a little bit different now than it was a few years ago. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that's something I wish I had learned 
later because when we moved to Darnell, uh, one of like the big things I remember when we moved to Darnell was we lived in a little fifth wheel, and then my dad like built the back half of our house there, and like we'd help him, but I was like, you know, super little, so I. Like he's not gonna be like, hey, run this nail gun, put shingles up, right? Yeah. And that, on a two-story roof. That was the hard part because, like, I say I've been doing construction my whole life. Quotations, right? Um, my dad would just take me to job sites and like, hey, pick up all the trash. I'm like, why can't they throw away their drink cups? Why can't they throw away their cigarette packs? Like, like, come on, like, why am I here? <laughs> Hot, <laughs> picking up other people's crap. Like, I don't know. It, like, it didn't make sense, but, like, I don't know, different different households, I guess, because Caleb and Andrew, both my brothers, grew up doing construction and helping out roofing and framing concrete and all that stuff. And, like, near the end of my dad's construction career, you know, he kind of settled down on the labor side of it. And so, like, I had to learn a lot of it, like, when I started building my house. Right, because you weren't old enough to go around and actually right. do Use a nail work gun or with him. Do anything, yeah. yeah. Because how much older is Andrew than you? Andrew's ten years and Caleb's twelve. Right. So a lot of changes in that time to where he wasn't doing as much. So that's no. way cool that you got the opportunity to build your own house and learn all the things there. Yeah, definitely. Um, huge blessing, and now like uh, I don't know, it's. The deal is too good that, like, it feels weird to want to move. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you, your house is, like, doubled in value, hasn't it? Uh, I don't know. Like, yeah. Well, or close to doubled. Close to doubled, yeah, or 40% or whatever. But If you were to move, where would you move to? Uh, probably St. George. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of a high. Get rid of the 20-minute drive to work. That's the problem is, like, you, you, like, sell your house, get all this equity dump it into a new house and like hey you have the same house in st george but now you owe more money right yeah Yeah, here's the same house but it's a lot more expensive because the market is different than when you built your house yeah right and there's no sweat equity into that either right yeah yeah that's i mean super super cool yeah i what i wouldn't give that's my favorite phrase because there's so many things I would not give. <laughs> but I'd love to own a house. Like, I I know some people that bought a house when he went to dental school that I went to church with in Texas, and they like use it as a rental property. They just like lived in it for four years, and now they just have like income. Recurring income. Yeah. Like I I thought about doing that when I first moved here because I found some like trailer homes. Like single wides for like yeah. eighty grand, and we looked into those too, like townhouses, houses and stuff. Um, and you'd share a, like a wall with somebody, and they still wanted like a hundred and forty k for. Dude, you can't find a decent townhome in St. George for, for less 200. than two fifty. Right, right. And we were just like, eh, I don't know, we don't want to share a wall with somebody. And then, hey, this house is like. Hundred and ninety thousand dollars. That's twenty thousand dollars over your budget, and it needs new insulation, new roof put on, and a new AC system. Right. So it's like, how does it make sense? Right. And it's outside parking. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, good. Good thing you right. were able to build it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness. Like a huge 
blessing for sure. Yeah. Would you recommend building your own house to people if, like, if given the opportunity, would you recommend building? Would no. you do it again, or would you rather have bought? Um, that's the, yeah, it, it was a lot of stress, and, like, there's a lot of, like, complications with your spouse when you're building a house, and so I got to a point where it was, like, you want it, I'll build it, like, I'll just shut up, and, yeah, okay. Oh, uh, it's <laughs> like, you just didn't have the energy for, like, the, well, we can't because, but I want it, <laughs> well, we can't because, yeah. <laughs> Because, yeah. yeah, you'll pay for it three times with interest and stuff. Yeah. That, that also makes me want to, like, remodel something. I've been getting into, like, a big remodeling kick. Yeah. I don't like, do a backyard or something. Just, like, you can do my backyard. I, mean, I don't yeah. know. It's a ton my backyard. Of do you want to start a company? <laughs> we could test it out. We could test run it in the backyard. <laughs> Please do my house. <laughs> just, just test drive it and then have it just be a total flop and just rip up a backyard and be like, I... I'm gonna be honest with you. So I that don't, didn't work. I don't know where to you start. You have a Back bunch of weeds now. School, we go. <laughs> oh. oh man. So what? What else is about you, Ben? Tell um, us a little bit more about you. I don't know. Like, how did how did you become who you are today? How did I become who I am today? Yeah. Uh, laziness and complacency. <laughs> <laughs> Would not say that. Far, far from lazy. Uh, work with I you waited eight years to do something with my not or seven years to do something with my life. Like I don't know. I'm so lucky that I had such a great wife and high school sweetheart. To I don't know. Like I got so lucky to encourage you, know? you to well, just to be there and like thick and thin. Just I don't know. Always have my back. Well, for what it's worth, how Lincoln's what five, right? Yeah, five. Yeah, so I took, essentially, aside from, like, you know, having a kid, I took the first half as long as you, because I worked for, right out of high school, I worked from 17 to almost 21, I turned 21 the year I moved here. Yeah. So, yeah, I worked for two and a half, you know, that's, that's not how you do math, guys. I worked for... Yeah, like four years. Almost, almost, yeah, almost four years, just kind of piddling around, and I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I just do this, and you know, got super complacent, super comfortable, super knowledgeable too. Like I became, like really, yeah, good real life. world knowledge is definitely yeah. worth just as much as any kind of yeah. stuff that you get at school or anything. It's just you get it at a different time. Yeah, like a lot of people. I went on a mission right after high school, and then. The way it lined up with semesters and everything, it wound up being like, see, I left in August of 2015, and I started school in August of 2018, so three years before. Oh, so I, you kind of hung out for a year, just? Well, yeah, on the, before my, before I left on my mission was a couple months, and then after I came home was a few months of just oh, okay. working, or a whole year of just working before I even started school. And so all the people that graduated with me are like one of my really good friends. He just bought this huge off-road manufacturing company in Phoenix and he's doing really well. He's a, you know, business major has like an MBA or a master's of finance. And like in the same amount of time that I was like a sophomore in high school or a sophomore in college. And it's, 
sometimes difficult not to compare yourself to other people like that, but at the same time, you have to, like, just be grateful for where you're at in life and then focus on yourself and how you can move forward and progress. Yeah, that's and one of the 12 rules. The, and that's what kind of messed with me, too, is because, like, I, I thought I wanted to go on a mission. And I knew that if I went on a mission, then I would not have Michaela. Yeah. Because, yeah, she's just too good of a catch. And, I don't know, I kind of sacrificed that part. But then I got married, built a house, had a kid. And then by the time a kid was born, my friends were coming home from their missions. Right. So you lived like a whole, like they lived a whole other life and you lived a whole other life. Right. Right outside of high school, getting all kinds of real world, real world experience in different ways. Right. So, I don't know, kind of, I don't know, guilted me a little bit too because, I don't know. Just looking up to my oldest brother, Caleb, and what he did and stuff. And I don't know. It just you, you just, I don't know, feel guilty. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely sucks to have, like, a super good example. Or not maybe not example, but, like, someone you look up to who's done, like, a lot of good stuff or that you, like, really, like, want to be like. And then it's, you know, it's like life doesn't work out that way for you. Right. And, you, like, you just kind of have to come to terms with it. Yeah, I think the important part dealing with that kind of stuff is just taking it in stride and realizing that just like you don't have to do everything exactly the same way that somebody did it to be like to turn out the way that you want. Like you can admire certain qualities and stuff. I think qualities in people are just as important as what they do. I think that you can admire those things and then like make your own decisions based on what qualities you want to have and yeah. where you want to go. Yeah. And a lot of those qualities you can like gain and perfect different. Like, in yeah. In, in yeah. Infinitely many scenarios. Yeah. Like you don't have to as do. As long as that's what you know you want the outcome to be. Yeah. To, to each their own for sure. Yeah. Like work ethic. I feel like emissions is a good way to get a good work ethic. Right. And like it's like you went on a mission, I didn't. But I feel like planning. Yeah. Well like we both have I would say like a pretty solid work ethic. Right. And like I I learned mine the hard way waking up at, you know, five thirty in the morning. That's a lie. That is a lie. It was six twenty every day. I showed up the minute the buzzer went off, <laughs> but I worked like hell all day. <laughs> But, but yeah, yeah like and that's something that's been instilled in all of us since we we're kids with the dads that we have. Like even yeah. though my dad's a doctor, he grew up blue collar as can be, worked construction all through his college and med school years. Right. And yeah, it's definitely something that is can be passed down from parents to children. And I'm sure you'll do the same thing with Lincoln and so on down the line. But yeah, and that's also stuff that you can learn throughout your life as well if you want to it it really all just and you can have a really great example of how to be and you can just not do that too if you don't want to yeah like it all depends on what you want to do with your life and because really you're the the captain of your ship right you get to choose where it goes yeah yeah, uh, back to lincoln and raising kids and stuff that's uh kind of like what my dad kind of ingrained in all of us is when you're doing a job or doing something, what is the next step? 
And if you're on top of that, what is the next step? And have that tool ready or whatever ready, then it makes you more valuable because you're not just sitting around hands in your pockets waiting for the next thing. And I kind of noticed that with Lincoln. I didn't think I was teaching him this at all, but he didn't want to color, right? And it was a stupid snowman where there's numbers all over the snowman and you have to color the snowman numbers, whatever color it tells you to. And he didn't feel like coloring and so he wanted me to do it. And so I was almost done with color number one. And before I was done, he had the next color ready for... Ready like, to go. Just oh, ready yes. to go. Like, I didn't That's have to cool. ask him, like, hey, where's red or whatever. That's he just cool. had it ready. And so, I don't know. I, I don't know. It just kind of woke me up a little bit. Like, they're watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's yeah. their warning. I, I can't remember what I was listening to. Um, it was either, I must have been a podcast. Oh, it was a podcast. Uh, Jordan Peterson was talking about, like, raising kids. And he's like, they, you think they're doing their own thing, especially, like, young kids, like, two to four-year-olds, like, you think they're doing their own thing, but they're, like, they are watching you like a hawk, and they're, like... Absorbing everything. Yeah, and they, like, exemplify everything you do. Yeah, um, for the record, Michaela told, uh, Ruby, damn it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun game that you get to play when you have kids, yeah. it looks like. Who, who taught them? <laughs> Who taught him the bad word? Yeah, but the uh, the think I had like the next step thing. I I don't have an example, but I for sure remember like hearing some. Oh no, I do. Uh, dominoes. Like my family plays Mexican train dominoes. That's like our uh-huh. our big thing for like Christmas and stuff. And my dad is like really good with numbers, and he basically wins every time. He counts cards. He probably does. I <laughs> dad. I don't know if this is incriminating. I wouldn't be surprised if you know how to count cards. <laughs> but yeah, he's like super good with numbers. And whenever we would play dominoes, he'd always be like, yeah, you just got to think ahead, think ahead, think ahead. I'm like, dude, I don't know what kind of brain you're running, but mine's the old model. I got like the two next steps. I got Windows 98. <laughs> yeah, here. I got like... <laughs> yeah, I got dial-up. Like, yeah, I'm running dial-up. He's got like 9G. <laughs> Like he plays, it seems like he plays dominoes like it's Sudoku, and he's just it's done a big old line of Adderall. It's so hard to play freaking strategy games with Caleb, like because he he's super competitive and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I I want to play some games with Caleb. I, when we went up to Promised Land for that vacation, we played a little bit. Caleb's so much fun to play games with. Like he had the like Sushi Go. Like a fun little card game. He's he's the game guy. For yeah, sure. He's the game guy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But um anyway, yeah, to that point, you're I think you're like the only guy you and Zach are the only people I know that I can think of that have kids. Like I definitely look up to you as like if when I become a dad, like you're definitely like on my list of people that I wanna uh, I was gonna. I was thinking about this when you guys asked me to be on the podcast, and it's like, what's what do you like regret in life? And then, and I always like would think like, getting married young, not being able to be res- like reckless, and doing what you want whenever you want, traveling, getting messed up or whatever. Like, 
I don't know. It's just uh, when when you like sit down and think about it, it's just I don't know. I wouldn't have my kids if I would have like I don't know been less responsible. I guess. Right. Yeah. Like for all if your... I would have waited, then yeah. like I wouldn't have Lincoln. I wouldn't have Ruby. Yeah, like it's just yeah, like hard to to think about. Yeah, opportunity cost of it. Yeah, for all your failures comes like this, on awesome kids. Yeah, like this unfathomable like bonus. Yeah, yeah, like I think just any choice that you make gives you some opportunity, with one way or another. Like you chose to get married (laughs) early, and that gave you the opportunity to have kids early, and you'll be younger when you have grandkids and be able to play with them. And not be super old and decrepit when you have grandkids running around. Like yeah. there's a lot of I don't know. There's upsides to pretty much any situation that you're in if you look for them and yeah, choose to see them and capitalize on those different opportunities yeah. that you're given. Or like for you and me, like we got into relationships like right before college started. Right, like we got into like pretty serious relationships the first semester of freshman year of college we kind of i wouldn't i don't want to say cheated because like i'm so happy where i am right but like there is like an aspect of like oh it not i don't like could have been you just don't have the college dating experience yeah but at the same time you have somebody yeah that's there with you to help support you and do different things like i have somebody that's helping me start a business and is super encouraging and supportive about the podcast and to help me with homework and Thanks a lot, you do manage my <laughs> manage my life in general, and then I'm there to support her in all the same ways. Like you might not get to go and go around and date all the different girls or whatever, but if you know that you like somebody, then you know that you like them. And yeah, right. there's not really yeah, no definitely. point in putting it off if you know that that's what you want. Yeah, and then to that, like you also don't have to be like, well, I got to go through like this whole process of like, okay, are we compatible? And then, like, two or three months, and then you're like, okay, well, that... Was right, it. and then you got to start over again. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's it's comforting to be like, oh, no, like, I, I know what I... I can say this to you, and, like, we get each other. Right. And, like, well, and not to say that, like, I mean, nobody should stay in a bad relationship ever. Right. In my opinion, like, when you have kids and stuff, it's a little bit of a different situation, but there comes a point where you have to be okay with starting over. Like, it's healthy to be able to walk away if you need to like if you're in a bad situation i think that that's important but yeah why why do it if you don't need to why why right. do why waste your time unnecessary heartache and other things right. yeah right cool yeah i don't know any more questions what do you um what are you looking forward to ben what am I looking forward to? Yeah, just in general. What in are you looking life. forward to in life? Um, a day off. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, for the for those counting at home, Ben works six days a week, like fifty something hours, fifty six hours, close to sixty hours some weeks. So he works a lot. Yeah. But yeah, what do you what do you want to accomplish? Like, looking at this point, instead of looking back at the different choices that you've made, what do you want to do looking forward? Um, and it doesn't have to be work somewhere else or whatever. Just Yeah, because well, yeah, you got like you got a family, like big milestones that you're looking forward to with your family. Lincoln's first trip, right? 
Campbell's and dirt bikes don't <laughs> <laughs> Ridden one twice, wrecked twice. Um, what, looking forward to? I don't know I've been asked that before. <laughs> That's where the laziness and complacency comes in. Yeah, we like, thought that far ahead. Day, day after day. Crippling depression. <laughs> oh, just looking in the middle of nothing. Um, yeah, I don't know. Looking forward to. There's no right or wrong answer. It could be uh, looking forward to getting a Slurpee on the way home tonight. Oh, uh, actually, um, Michaela um, wanted me to get carnies out of fries from Alberta's. Dude, don't get me started on those things. Okay, they're the best. <laughs> All right, looking forward to carne soda fries after this is over. <laughs> well, yeah, do you have any any goals or what, do you want to, I don't know, kill an elk or catch a huge brown trout or run a marathon, build a car, build another house, <laughs> have another kid? Uh uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> all, all the above. Uh, I don't know. I've, I haven't really set a goal in a long time. Just kind of living life as it goes. Yeah. Well, that's fun, too. It's nice to like, get it as it comes. And, like, as in, like, you don't have to worry about what's coming up. Or, like, or, like having, like, a grand plans. Maybe not weigh 200 pounds down six pounds like that's pretty good just 200 good for you that's nice <laughs> yeah i don't even i can't eat uh, uh, just another like wired different like being wired different i have had the like i've wanted to be a dentist since i was in eighth grade like is when i for sure decided on that and before that i wanted to be like a chiropractor for a very short period of time and before that, I wanted to be a professional bull rider. So <laughs> I've just always had something where I wanted, like, something, some kind of goal that I was working to achieve. And so I don't really Maybe that's know what it's like to not have that. Not that it's better yeah, or worse, well, it's just yeah, different. It's all subjective. Yeah. Right. And I don't know, I guess I really haven't thought about it. I guess read a book. I've read a book since high school. Dude, I got some good books you can read. You should listen to books. Audible is the greatest thing to happen to mankind, probably. Yeah, shout out the to Audible. Fastest, most efficient way to consume information while you're doing other stuff. Yeah. You can stream them too, like that. Well, so, like actually, like pick up a book and read it, because like yeah. if you listen to it at work and you like, hey Ben. Yeah. Then yeah. like, then you're like, you do shit. Yeah, I missed the summer when Bay Day was a thing. And you're like, don't even look at me. I'm doing this. Yeah. Right. Crush out books. I just read really slow. Like I'm kind of, I, yeah, my cool. comprehension's good and everything, but I read slow. And so I enjoy listening to books because it's a lot faster. Yeah. You're probably like me where you like read every single word. Yep. And then you're like, I, there's the, I'm literally writing the breaks down this book. Yep. <laughs> For no yeah. reason. Exactly. So it takes a while, but when I'm listening to it, like comprehension's also really good and yeah. I get through it quicker and listen to it at like one and a half speed so yeah. I can just fly through books and I don't know I love it yeah. get audible dude that's nice yeah. or just take time or set yourself aside some time to read a book 
Dude, Sunday Dude. morning. Wake up early. Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you. So, having not been in my house for, it was the 11th. It was a month ago, almost. Yeah. I've lived in four different houses this semester. <laughs> yeah. Because our have. old place, and we had to stay with April for a little bit, because there was like a Blast. waiting period. Yeah. yeah. And then our place. And then, yeah, and then I flooded our place. So now we're staying with Alice The washing machine incident. Yeah, real, real nice. That's literally the definition of not my best work. Yeah, so what what happened there? I, I don't like talking about it. That's what the whole podcast I, is for. Yeah, because air out your, can't be washed now because you broke your washer, dirty laundry. <laughs> I, we had, um, it's a top loading washer and all. I don't know if it's all, but like most top loading washers have in the four corners of it suspension straps, like little rubber straps that go from the frame of the washer, like the box, to the tub. So when it spins, this is such a video segment. I cannot talk without my hands. <laughs> when it, yeah, I wouldn't be able to talk. When it spins, it keeps it to where it's straight, right? Keep well, it keeps it from banging around, yeah. So it'll like absorb the energy. And what would happen is those... The, Screws that hold them into place would like back out, and it would make this just awful banging noise. Like it's like you're hitting a piece of sheet metal, it's like terrifying. Right. And I'd fix it a couple times, and I finally figured out what we're gonna do to fix it. I was like, you know, I'm gonna put some hot glue over the holes, run the screws down there, so it was like act like a cheap Loctite, and that worked fantastic. And when I went to put the panel back on, there's a vacuum hose that goes to where you select your load size uh-huh. and it's in the way when you take that off but it's out of the way when you put it on because you took it out of your way and I like forgot to put it on because class was starting and I um yeah and I washed my clothes that night and I also washed the whole house yeah, I was I was there for that, and then we, you came in so close. And then we dirtied all my towels yeah. that I own. I really appreciated it. What'd you do for fun. like the next day for the shower? You guys yeah. just use like the same two towels for like a week, huh? Yeah, for a while, for like two weeks, <laughs> three weeks. Yeah, sorry about we that. We actually broke our washer washing all the towels from <laughs> washing our towels every single time. Oh my! But uh, I don't even know what were we talking about before. Not our best work. Oh, yeah. So that's not my best work. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would say not my best work is being complacent, being, I don't know. I feel like being lazy and not setting goals and doing something. I think complacent and lazy are different because you're not lazy, I don't think. Like, I work with you. Yeah, I wouldn't you're say you're lazy. But I, under, I see where. Or anything. I see where you're like getting the term because I've got no, I was lazy. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> I had mean, complacency of just not wanting to push just, yourself. I'm whatever. fine here, right? Yeah, like it's I don't know, it's paying my bills. Yeah, or, like, I don't know. Just... Yeah, it, have you ever looked into like goal setting? Like, I'm sure you've like set goals and stuff before, right? Yeah, definitely. Be like, yeah, but it's been a while. Yeah, you do you ever have a problem like if you set a goal, do you have a problem like reaching it? Yeah, because I don't put it on paper, and that's like the first yeah, goal. Yeah, if, if you don't write down a goal, it's just a dream. Yeah. 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 And so, like, I don't know. I, I, what was the last goal you wrote down? Wrote down? Yeah, like wrote down, worked hard to accomplish it. 
I couldn't tell you. I don't know. This is a shopping list. How long ago do you think it was? I don't know. Probably 10 years ago, New Year's resolution. <laughs> I I still have a problem with, like, goals, especially New Year's. Like, I, I remember one year I had, like, this nice, good-looking New Year's list, and then I just spent the whole year looking at it. Yeah. I have a problem with, like, I, and there were, none of them were out of reach. Like, it was, like, concealed carry. Right. It's a couple other easy stuff, and I was like, eh. Eh, yeah. Yeah, my family is really big on, like, goal-setting stuff. My dad, especially, like, that was always our New Year's tradition is to set, like, set your New Year's resolutions and then come up with a plan to attain those. Yeah. So that's really... I mean, actually, a couple of years ago, we did a Bob Proctor... Think and Grow Rich seminar as a family, and uh, my parents rented this like Airbnb, and um, we watched a couple of these videos on like goal setting and stuff, and and uh, we wrote like a dream board and put everything out, and a lot of it was traveling and I don't know doing something besides sitting at home. Right. But, I don't know, with that comes, I don't know, being responsible with your money and not getting the car you saw Right. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it comes with sacrifices, for sure. Yeah, it's like little sacrifices, it's petty sacrifices, where it's like, it's just five bucks. Right, but five bucks, ten times is that's 50 so bucks, bad. and it starts adding up. Five bucks, I'm not <laughs> Yeah, it's, I, that's been a problem for me, it's like, little five dollar myself to death thing right and just like especially easy stuff like i especially I food donut holes like every day of the past week yeah i don't like talking about it <laughs> but yeah like i like that's what i'm saying like i'm such a creature of habit or like routine like i i for whatever reason just nothing feels better than just like sleepy walking into a maverick grabbing a burrito and doing like, donut holes yeah just the rich well, yeah, bit. Yeah, like, because when I worked in Texas, like, that was my thing. Like, I would go to the gas station down the street from Spiral Drill, walk in, they would open at 6. So, some, like, sometimes I'd be early, and so I'd just, like, hang out, wait for Kim to open up. And it was, like... To the point where you were on the first-name basis with... Oh, yeah, the gas station here. employees. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, hey, she was Steve, super sweet. Where's my donut holes? <laughs> yeah, so, like, I'd go in and, like, do my stuff and, like, kind of chat it up with the lady there. and like... It's nice to be, like, part of a community. Right. But, like, I don't know. At the time, like, I still don't care. Like, I think that's, like, that was, like, nice to have. So expensive. It, oh, I cannot tell you. I had to, like, try things where I was, like, I can't get stuff from inside a gas station unless I'm getting gas. I have to be parked at a pump if I'm going to get something (laughs) from inside. That worked twice. Uh, And then. It was was super hard for me in high school uh, when my mom died. Our. My dad gave me and my sister my mom's social security check mm-hmm. as like a kind of allowance. It was only like two hundred fifty bucks a month, but as like a kid without a job, so you were rich. rich. And so how I drove this suburban of uh, fifteen, sixteen. I cannot tell you how much a hundred dollars was so valuable and to me. I went to freaking Dairy Queen every day for lunch. And I'd always buy some friends lunch, too. Because, like, hey, I have money. I could buy you that $5 
chicken strip basket. Oh yeah, new Xbox came out. Why not? Right? And it's just like, I don't know, I wish I never touched that money. Yeah. Just throwing it in some kind of investment fund. Or, yeah. I don't yeah, know. just throwing, how was it monthly? 250 a month? Yeah. Dude, throwing 250 bucks a month into like an IRA and then just tell them like invest it aggressively. Like, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, as a little dumbass high school kid, yeah. just like. You don't think about that stuff when you're in high school. No. It literally, the only thing I thought about in high school was video games. It's particularly senior year, all I care about is video Theft games Auto. and girls. Yeah, it's that's all I care about. Minus sports and girls, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're you're dumb when you're little. Yeah, so if you're in high school and listening to this by any chance, don't be dumb with your money. Cause Give it to it you. It adds up. Whether you spend it a lot, it adds up that way and you're broke, or you save it a lot and it adds up that way and you've got enough money to live. Yeah, even if you just put it into a bank, because, like, at, at a certain point, you'll get, like, a nice little... And for return. a while, I didn't know I could touch it. Yeah, except I, for inflation is way higher than the APR on a savings account right, in yeah, a bank. that's true. But even then, it's like, money is money. Yeah. To an extent. Yeah. Before I even knew I could touch it, I had, like, $2,000 saved up. And, like, once I, like, went to the bank and, like, like to withdraw money, and they're like, okay... What's your account number? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> okay, do you have ID? Yeah. Or, yeah, you have access to all this money. I'm just like, this has just been been depositing it into my account. This Xbox, here I come. $400 here. Oh. Suburban full of friends over here to Dairy Queen. I'm buying. They didn't think you stole that money? <laughs> no. Like, I would have been just... like, this account was hacked. <laughs> <laughs> right, and I know it's... Yeah, that sucks, because that was, I don't know, not a whole lot of money in today's standards where, you know, you're making double, triple that a, a week, you know? Yeah. It's, it is like... But yeah, it's all relative. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's crazy, like, the freedom that, mm-hmm. when you realize the freedom that money gets you, like, when I had my first job, I was clearing, like, 400 every two weeks. I remember, you balled out of control. You were always buying everybody... Every other Thursday, it was snack stuff. 30, dude. Yeah, it was bad. But, like, but at the same time, it was, well, food is never a good measure of, like, having if, fun. If because I didn't you, have to eat, it goes away I'd the minute you get it. Yeah. So rich if I did not have to eat. That's what I'm saying. And if I didn't like the If freaking, I didn't like to eat the way that I like to eat, I'd like, be Connor, deep fried food Connor's gets like, me. I have high cholesterol, believe me. Like, yeah. deep fried food is my, like, the reason I live. Yeah, like... Sorry, my kid. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying so hard. <laughs> but, yeah, like... If I bought more products... I have such a hard time buying products. Like... Like what kind of products? Like, remember I bought that gun earlier this year? Yeah. Like, oh, it took... The one that you lost in the boating accident? Yeah, that one. Yeah, I remember It's a shame. That. I loved it. Well, that's the weird thing, but too. But, yeah, it took me forever to be like, okay, let's buy it. Let's go. You did all your... Re- like, did all my research, and I was like... Ready to go, but it took like it at did. least it a, took like a month or more yeah. after you had already saved up for it. Yeah, I, I was waiting on some things to go through before. And see, my thing is, if I want something, I'm really good about saving up for it, and then I don't have an issue with buying it. Like I knew I wanted those rims for my car mm-hmm. at some point, and so I saved up money, and then when I had money, and then I found the right pair of rims, I was like, or right set of rims, I was like, all right, I'm buying them. Yeah, I don't, I need to do that, because I just, like, kind of save money passively, 
And then, like, that truck that I was looking at. Yeah. That I really wanted, that I was going to get, which right. this is a great follow-up to Aaron's podcast. That would have been the dumbest thing I did all year. Because, <laughs> like, but you hadn't... Have a truck. Oh, yeah, and nice, nice truck. Nobody can yeah, touch yeah. your truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like, so it would have been great. Like, it was a but great truck. the truck and then started a business. But also, I hadn't bought my plane ticket to go visit my family for the holidays. Yeah, that's kind of And important. no Christmas presents. Like, I, I was in no position ready to go. It would have been so dumb. Like, that would have been the most counterintuitive thing I could have done after hearing what Aaron told us to do. Right. She's like, you know what? I am aware that you're a financial planner. Or a wealth manager, but nothing you say matters to me. I'm buying a truck. Right, but at the same time, you weren't saving up for a truck. You were. Just yeah, I just had money. like I just had the money for it, and I was like, it just sucks because it was like such a good deal. I was like, yeah, there's always good deals. Yeah, I, I know more will come around, but I was like, it's always hard. I'm just broken inside about it. Your heart out. Yeah, it hurts. <laughs> so, have you taken any active steps to be less complacent? If you feel like that's your big main problem. In your life, or causes you a lot of it, grief. I don't know. I just uh, self-esteem part of it. I don't know. Just like, am I worthy of working somewhere else or doing something else? Um, and like, I've only worked for family my whole life too, and so it's scary to think about doing other things. I that makes me realize I have only worked with or for in some regard family or friends in and out in and out Michaela got me that job I worked oh, with Michaela there I forgot about that um I, however it wasn't like what different Michaela yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah my sister Michaela worked there and she was like yeah, you should work here and then she like kind of helped me get in there um and like but there was a lot of like we didn't work on the same shift a bunch right. at least that I can think of but either way, like, there was, like, work to the same Honestly, place as her. it's the best way to get a job. It's not bad. Just through somebody that you know. Yeah. It's for sure the best way to get a job. Yeah. It's and not like, about what you know, it's about who you know. It really is. Uh, your dad's a doctor. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's about who you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and, like, when we moved to Texas, I, my uncle ran that company, and my dad worked there. Like, he's how my dad got that job. My dad's how I got that job. And then... I I took a hiatus from there to work on the pipeline. I got that job from my buddy Zane and then came back and then came here and then we're going to be here with you guys. I've like, you're how I got that job. Yeah. I've had two jobs where I just walked in and talked to the manager and was like, hey, I want to work for you. Yeah. And I was at Pet Boys in Orem and then at the Spin Scooters here. I just met the manager lady and I was like, I heard you guys are hiring. I'm ready. I can start right now. Yeah, that makes me wish that I had a scenario where I could be like, I don't know anyone here. Like, hi, you need some help? Yeah, you just got to go look for them. Because even, Jacob, like, I'm from Texas. Yeah, like, I even worked at that. The closest I've been is I worked at Mechanic Shop. Yeah. When After I was laid off. But even then, like, I got the job. Partly because I annoyed the boss so much when I'd come in like two or three times a week and be like, hey, you hiring? <laughs> it worked. And, yeah, if you're trying to get a job, just bug them. 
And that way yeah. they're like stuck. They're like, oh, it's Jacob. He always asks for a job. Yeah. They'll think you're homeless until you start working. <laughs> oh my god! Leave me alone, okay? But, but yeah, those kind of things. <laughs> yeah. Like I went specifically looking for those yeah. opportunities. Like it's not really something that you just like falls into your lap and you show up yeah. and be like, and that's, "Hey, that's kind of what happened with Beehive too." Is just like I was just playing video games in the basement. I was like, "Hey, you're going to work." Like, Damn it! Okay. <laughs> Damn it! Okay, and here you are eight years later. <laughs> Yeah, but you're. I would say you're so much better for it, though. I feel like an, anyone would say that. Yeah, yeah. Work is one hundred percent of the time better than video games. Like guaranteed. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. It's a good marketable skills on you. Yeah. Right on. Well, I'm sure we'll have Ben back on in the future. But thanks for coming on and talking to us about all this fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, thank you. It was a lot easier than I thought. Yeah, it's not that bad once you get going. It's just super scary before you start yeah. recording and <laughs> you're staring at the mic and Yeah, it's so daunting. Like when we quite making out with the mic then. Yeah. <laughs> like when we first started the episode with Caleb, I felt like I was just like anxiety to the roof, like for the right. first like I fifteen minutes. Like the, the first like five minutes you're like, Are we really doing this? Yeah, I was like, oh, Ooh, so it's, it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, fun. it's fun. I love it. Yeah. Like, well, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, Absolutely. that's great. Thanks, everybody. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Not My Best Work. Make sure you subscribe and stay tuned for more episodes coming soon.